Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Bridge Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you will hear are both uplifting and challenging. Welcome to the Bridge. Hi, this is Mike Roberti with the Bridge. We're going to continue in 1 Peter this week in uh, chapter 1. We're starting with verse 8 if you want to turn to that. And it says, You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. Do you love Jesus? I know most of you listening to this do. And you know, it's amazing considering that we've never seen him, that we know he's true and he's real and he's alive. But you know, someday we will see him, and how amazing will that be? When we get to heaven, we get to see how great he really is in person. But we know him and we trust him because the Holy Spirit has put that truth in us. And we know he is real and alive because it tells us in the word of God. And, you know, Jesus talked about this when Thomas, who hadn't seen Jesus, asked to see the, the wounds of Jesus, and Jesus showed them to him. And then he says in John 20, 29, he says, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. So Jesus is saying, you who have believed in him without seeing him, you're going to be blessed. And if you're taking notes, that would be your first note. We are blessed because of our belief. The verse also says that we trust him. It's another good question. Are you trusting Jesus? If you remember what Jackson taught last week, Peter said you should be glad there are troubles. Why? Because we trust that troubles will let us know and enjoy Jesus more. We know that people tend to come towards God when they're facing troubles. We know that as, as things go wrong, people call out to God. God uses troubles to give Christians the ability to endure and to grow in their faith. Romans 5 talks about that in verse 3 and 4. It says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. That confident hope of salvation is our faith. But I've been really thinking about this a lot when it comes to this virus. Do I really trust in God? Do I trust in what he says? In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, give thanks in all circumstances. How do you give thanks when there's this virus going around? Can I rejoice and and still say thank you, God? So in my prayer time, I've really been thinking about this and really working on it, and I've been thanking God for this virus. I've been thanking God for what he's going to do through it. Maybe I don't understand what it is. Maybe I won't even see it. But I know that he has a plan and he's going to do it. But as I was praying, I started thinking about it. You know, for weeks, really months, we have been praying for revival. What if the way to start a revival is to bring a virus? What is if the uh, revival comes because we're being social distanced and now the churches are online and we're starting to reach more people? What what if the the whole purpose of this virus is to get us restarted and refocused on just seeing who Jesus Christ is? Does God have a plan? Most definitely. Is it a good plan? For sure. Will he bring good to the people through it somehow? Yes. That's what he says and that's what I trust in. And so I've tried to step out in faith and say, thank you, Jesus, even for this virus. But that's the trust we get by our gracious Lord and Savior. Peter continues to explain about these blessings we get from believing and trusting. I love what the ESV says. It says, rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. See, our joy is so great, you can't put it into words. I say this a lot when I teach, you know, I just wish I could explain what Jesus means to me, how much joy I have in Jesus Christ. If, if I could actually put that into words, I believe everybody would have to just go, oh yeah, I want to be a Christian. 
But see, that joy is so out of this world. We can't just put it into words. But we need to try to share it. We need to try to show it. But as a Christian, we have, this is your next note, we have joy that can't be put into words because it is so great. Of course, the greatest joy is when we get to heaven, which is what Peter says next in verse 9. Take a look at verse 9 where it says, the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Salvation, forgiveness, no punishment. But even more than that, that we're not punished, we're being rewarded. We are rewarded by going to heaven where, you know, once this time on this earth is over, when God finally calls us, we'll be in heaven. And it's because of this trust that we have in this risen Savior that we can stand on that promise. And it's by His grace and mercy we're going to heaven. It's not by what we do. It's not by any actions we take or how good we are or how strong we are. It's by the grace and mercy of God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, you know it. It says, God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none can boast about it. Your next note, we are rewarded because we trust Jesus, not because of what we do. The reward of salvation, the confident hope of heaven, is worth more than anything in this world. And it's going to be amazing when we get to heaven. Just think about the troubles and the struggles. They're all gone. But is that reward of heaven, that hope of heaven, enough to make all this worthwhile? Of course it is. The troubles and struggles here, it's, it's so worth it to know that we're going to be with our Lord and Savior. And is it worth dying to self and living for Christ? Yes, because again, we get the joy here on earth, but we also get this amazing joy promised to us in heaven. Now, as we go on, Peter, remember, he was the apostle to the Jews, similar to how Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. So he goes into something that the Jews would understand. He starts talking about the Old Testament. And he starts talking about um, the salvation in the Old Testament because that's what the Jews understood. Remember, there was no Bible back then except for the Old Testament. And so he's using this to say to the Jews, look, Jesus was already pro uh, prophesied to come. You should know this. And, you know, we have to look at the, the, the Bible as the, the book of Jesus. All of it is about Jesus, including the Old Testament. So verse 10 says, this salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterwards. You know, we don't preach a lot about the Old Testament. We probably should do more of it. But it shows how amazing God set everything up. It lines everything up with Jesus. And so these prophets knew that they were prophesying about a Savior. They knew it wasn't for that time, but they knew that, they would, that it was for the future. Verse 12, they were told their message was not for themselves, but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached it in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is also so wonderful, even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Preaching in the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's my prayer every time I speak. I want to be able to speak with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who gives us the words. But you know what? The power of the Holy Spirit's in you as well. As you share the good news, as you step out, He will give you what to say. And He will say it with the power that only He can use. And so we need to share that gospel. We need to share the Holy Spirit. This is what the world needs to hear, especially in times like now. And so we just need to be able to share that Jesus Christ is our Savior and Lord. 
So next note is let the Spirit speak through you with, the power, to this, with power to this hurting world. It, you have that, the answer this world is seeking. How awesome is this salvation? We, we see that even the angels are watching because it's so wonderful. I, I just think that verse is kind of cool. It just says, can't you see the angels are looking and waiting and, and saying, God, what's going to happen next? Who's going to lead somebody to Christ next? They're all excited about it and waiting to see it all unfold. In fact, in Luke, it says, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. So those angels are looking and saying, okay, which one of the, of, of the bridge students is going to lead someone to Christ? Which one of the bridge students is going to show God's love? And that's your note. The angels are eagerly watching, and they will have joy when someone is led to Christ. All right, let's go to verse 13. It says, so think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to this gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. See, Peter says, okay, because of your trust and belief, now you need to be self-controlled and obey God. It's not so we'll go to heaven. It's not so we'll be saved. It's so that we can bless God with our love and obedience because we love God. We obey God because of who he is and what he's done for us and how much we love him. But he also warns us not to fall back into our sin and our doubts and unbeliefs. This is why last, uh, the, the first week of Peter, when we were teaching, we said you've got to stay focused. You've got to stay in God's presence. You've got to spend time. You've got to be, while you're at home and you have all this extra time, you need to go and say, I'm going to spend some time in the Word of God. I'm going to spend some time in prayer. I'm going to spend some time in worship. We're so used to having this corporate worship and corporate prayer, it's going to be missing in our lives. You're going to have to replace it. And God's right there waiting for it. And I've already talked to some kids who are already struggling with this. Doubts are starting to come in their minds. They're starting to have these, these thoughts about, wait a second, where's God? What is, who is God? Is this really real? Because they're away from that, that structure that they're used to. What do you do when you start having doubts? What do you do when that unbelief starts coming into you that, that, that tries to get you off track? You go run into Jesus Christ. Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in worship. He'll be there. He'll speak to you. He'll strengthen you. So we're going to finish up with verse 15, and it says, But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. What does it mean to be holy? Yes, it means to be pure, but it also means to be set apart. And I think that fits right here. It mean, we need to be set apart for God. We need to be self-controlled and living a godly life so that the world can see the light that's in us. See, we are the light of the world. Let us step apart and show that we're different. And, and as these difficult times come, can we show that we trust God? Can we show the peace that we get from God? Can we show the love for others when everybody's worrying about themselves? This is how we get set apart. This is how we live holy for God. And as people see this joy and this peace and this trust that's in God, they're going to be drawn to it. Because they des they're going to desire it. They're, they're going to desire these blessings that we already have. And so, as followers of Christ, we want to make sure that we show this love to the others. And so, your final note is, let, be, let people be drawn to God by how we handle these problems. But you know, I said early on, I said, you know, for most of you listening, I know that you love Jesus. But I don't know who's listening. And maybe you really haven't trusted in Jesus. 
Maybe as we're going through these problems, you're like, yeah, I'm not sure that I really am saved because now it's putting your, your faith to the test. And I just pray that, that uh, God will just speak to you and that you'll just accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and that you'll just say, Jesus, I'm surrendering it all to you because it's all yours anyway. Let us pray. God, I thank you that you're such a loving God. I thank you that you're such an amazing, amazing God and that we are saved through your grace and mercy. Lord, let us just be drawn to you and get stronger in you. And I pray if there's anybody listening to this who has not accepted Jesus, they will realize that you are just waiting for them to come and say, Lord, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. Lord, I just pray they'll do that right now and that your peace will come upon them and your just comfort will come upon them. I pray this in Christ's name. Thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to know more about The Bridge, please follow us on Instagram at wearethebridge. Also, if you need prayer, feel free to send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.